Alright. Let's turn that bit right up. Let's see. Okay, that looks that looks a little nicer. Let's see, can I slide this thing? That looks even nicer. Let's see. I'm fiddling with the stream bitrate. Right. So hey, welcome, welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get this started. Gonna cap my audio here. There we go. That's good there. Alright. Welcome, welcome everybody. So let's get started for the day. Looks like we are live all across the board here. And it doesn't look like it's choppy, so. Alright. Gonna be talking about the love of Jesus Christ today, right? So, walking with God is a process, right? Day after day, we're being led through trials and hardships and uh, being led where God wants us to go, right? Shaped into exactly what God is shaping us into being. And this is the process, the walk of life, right? Everyone's life, we're all unique. It's all We're all different, right? That is what... Uh, God has purposed us for. And this is out of love, right? When people interpret the Bible, right, we're, we're meant to interpret it differently. We're not all supposed to be cookie cutter, uh, same shape, we're all squares, everybody fits in the square shape. If you don't uh, fit in that square shape, right, then you're out, you can't come, you can't come to our church, right? That's not, that's not how it goes, right? Church is supposed to be a place <coughs> of love, right? <clears throat> and that love is cultivated by uh, examining the love of God, right? And the love of God is a very, very powerful thing, right? But here's the thing. God is not mankind, right? Uh, in places uh, in the Bible, God says, if you do not keep my co covenant, if you do not follow my ways, i.e., if you're not loving as God is loving, God will abhor you. He'll detest you, right? He'll find you disgusting, something like that, right? And so while this is true with mankind and the hatred of mankind, God doesn't like it. He abhors it, right? It's not true with the love of mankind. God loves mankind when we are loving. And we're choosing to be loving day in or day out. We're choosing to wake up and love our life. We're choosing to wake up and pursue God's ways for our life. To meet the people. To experience, this, experience the new events of the day, day in and day out. That's life, right? And as we walk down this path of development by God, God, much like the prophets, right? See, the prophets begin often uh, small, right? David's a shepherd boy. Joseph is a, a tribesman of a small tribe, uh, of a, of a medium-sized tribe, right? While 12 brothers or 10 brothers at the time is a lot, right? It's still not, not the... Not, not too large compared to the cities and uh, that we live in today, right? With hundreds of thousands of 
people in them. And, uh, you know, churches, mega churches with thousands upon tens of thousands uh, of attendees, right? <clears throat> Some sermons even today get as many as, you know, two to five million views, something like that. Two to five million followers, right? So when you understand that God is developing you, right, you may not be in a place right now that's the happiest, right? And so what you have to do is hold on to that faith. You have to hold on to that faith that God is developing you. Because just like uh, David as a shepherd boy, while David was a shepherd boy at 18, if David was, you know, 70 years old as a shepherd, David might not have been so happy, right? And so you have to understand that you're walking with God. You're holding on to that future glory of God, that light at the end of your tunnel. And the faith is when you're stepping out on that waters, right? You're keeping those negative thoughts, that negativity out, right? Uh, if you imagine uh, the, the aspects of mankind that God isn't the fondest on, right? It goes into those... Uh, villains of the Bible, right? The, the wrath, the hatred, the malice, greed, right? Uh, extreme lays, right? Things like that. <clears throat> God likes to see us moving towards happy places in our life that we will love. And you have to keep growing. You have to keep pressing in <clears throat> to your covenant in order to get there. There is not one person in all existence that is successful has become successful without putting into practice the ways of God whether or not they know it yet right God's ways are what built a happy life they're what raise mankind up following them and walking with God and putting putting God's ways into practice in your life right that is the road that will lead you to your dreams if you follow it right and getting our dreams that's important right God wants to lead us to portions to places that we're happy in our lives but the most important part right is, is a Christian's connection to God our connection with God will determine well it, it'll determine a lot right if we're loving God then we're putting the loving ways of God into practice uh, and love God is the first commandment. Love, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind, right? And so if we're loving towards God, then we are walking in God's covenant. If you love me, you'll do what I say, right? Why do you call to me, Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And this is Christ Jesus. He's talking about, hey, if you want to reach that happy place that I'm leading you to, if you want to reach that happy life that God is trying to lead you to, you have to keep those thoughts of, hey, I'm not going to make it out. You have to keep that doubt, that fear, that worry, right? Don't worry, right? <clears throat> That's a command of Christ. <sighs> Understanding, right? Keeping policing mandating our own thoughts our minds our spirits what we're allowing to come into our lives what we're allowing to ourselves to focus on right if i focus on defeatist thoughts in my life then 
I may start slowing down thinking, hey, I'm not going to make it. But when you focus on the one true God, when you focus on the one true living God of all Israel, right? Well, all things are possible to God. And so if God is with you, then all things are possible, therefore, to you. That's what God is talking about, right? And that is that state of righteousness where we're fully pressed into our faith, where we're fully pressed into that uh, parable of Christ, do not worry, right? Uh, do not fear mankind. Well, if you're not worrying and you're not fearing man and you know that God, with God all things are possible, then what's holding you back? Absolutely nothing, right? Nothing can hold you back. Nothing can hold uh, the state of righteousness back. Now, the state of righteousness is difficult. It's not, it's not, well, it's easy to touch on and it's very difficult to maintain at all times, right? And understanding this is understanding the difference between that human nature that sometimes we have that disbelief within ourselves saying, hey, maybe I won't make it, right? But God says, hey, you've got me with you. All things are possible, but I need you to stop worrying because you're getting in your own way. You're blocking your own miracles from coming into your life. I've led you to places you needed to go. I've been shaping you since the day you were formed in your mother's womb. I've been walking with you a long, long time. <clears throat> Just because you can't see me doesn't mean I'm not here, right? You can't see the air that is needed to sustain life in your life, right? The air that is needed to breathe, yet at all times that air is present, right? Etc., etc., etc. There are many invisible things that the human eye cannot see, and yet, like God, they are here present at all times. The omnipresence of God, the perfect knowledge of God, is walking with us all the days of our life, leading us to where God wants us to go, where God wants us to be. And this is the development of each Christian, right? God, out of love, is walking with us day in and day out, shaping us and building us. And at some point, right, Christ says that the lamp maker will come. Does a lamp maker finish a lamp and put it under a bushel or a bowl? No. The lamp maker finishes the lamp and puts it on top of a table so that it can give light to the whole house. This is what Christ is trying to develop us into. Christians, right, as we are commanded to seek wisdom and get knowledge, right, we're not uh, directed, we're not told to stay in places of naivety or ignorance, right? And so when there's a subject or something that God, you feel that God is calling you to go learn, you're called to follow God and go learn it, right? And, you know... How do I put this? Ignorance is unable to lead. Naivety is unable <clears throat> to lead, right? If you can't instruct people where to go well in their lives, you can't really lead them 
to a place of good, right? You can't really lead them to the promised land if you have no clue how to get to the promised land yourself, right? And so this is what Solomon is talking about. This is what David is talking about in the, in the books of uh, Proverbs and Psalms, right? He's talking about how to develop yourself. He's talking about how to move out of those places of hurt, feelings of lacking, etc., etc. Those defeatist mentalities, how to take those defeatist mentalities and surrender them over to the Lord God of Israel so that you can soar on eagle's wings, right? The righteous will walk and not grow weary. They'll run and not grow faint. <clears throat> The righteous with God become an unstoppable force. Ten of you will chase a thousand, and a thousand of you, ten thousand, right? It's actually a ten of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. <clears throat> so, do you understand that in your life? Do you have that confidence within yourself, that sort of mustard seed of righteousness that mustard seed of faith within yourself that when those defeatist thoughts they come into your mind they try and slow you down maybe a friend tells you yeah right god would never do that yeah right you have no chance at that do you have that mustard seed of faith that armor of god on so that when those naysayers come telling you hey you're not going to make it you know right that what they're saying is not beneficial it's going those are defeatist thoughts right those are defeatist words they're not often words that will come out of a christian's mouth a really strong indicator of whether someone is truly christian or not is if they are positive or if they are negative right if someone is very very negative and god is not telling them to say these things then that's not really what Christians are going for, right? We're trying to build each other up. We're trying to keep that internal state, that internal wellspring of positivity, of light unto the house, that internal state of being, that city atop a hill that God is calling us to, right? That God is working with us to build and develop. And so... <clears throat> When those doubts come, when those fears come, know that God is with you. You have to know that God is powerful, right? This being, God, shaped the earth, created the heavens and the earth in six days. Finishing you, finishing a lamp is, is nothing. God can do it. He's done it millions and billions and billions of times before. And he's just doing it with you now again today now it takes time right uh, a lamp is not made in overnight right a christian a fully developed christian is not formed overnight right and it takes time for god to accomplish these things and when you look at uh, the stories of the bible sometimes right with moses it took god 40 years to get moses ready to prepare moses uh Probably partially due to Moses' own stubbornness, right? Probably partially due to Moses' refusal of some things that God had asked him to do, right? As we ourselves, sometimes God says, hey, go do this, and you put it off. And you say, oh, I'll wait two weeks before I go do that. 
I'll wait two months before I'll go do that. I'll wait two years before I go obey God, right? Etc. 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 But the Bible shows that uh, time it takes time for God to develop you, for God to winnow out that sin, right? For God to refine that sin out to into that point of light into that point of radiance into that point of righteousness at which point you will be taken and placed atop the table exaltation your dreams will be handed to you right it takes time to get even for us right even for us to surrender ourselves to surrender right if I didn't wait those two weeks to go and do that thing that God had asked me to do, well, I'd get it two weeks sooner. Or perhaps even, right, uh, the goal that was four years off, I'd get it two months from now. But, right, there is that decision point sometimes that you come to that crossroads. Hey, will you obey God and do the will of the Lord? Or will you disobey God and turn your back on God? <clears throat> and, right... Yes, right. Uh, the prophet Jonah was asked to go and preach to Nineveh, right? Uh, nearing Nineveh's destruction, they had become uh, too sinful. And so Jonah was uh, asked to go preach to Nineveh. But Jonah says, no, I, I don't want to do that, Lord. I, don't, I hate the Ninevites. I wish the Ninevites, I wish you'd pour out your wrath and destroy the Ninevites. And instead of going directly to Nineveh, right, Jonah takes a several week journey and has to go through the trials of getting thrown over the boat into the fish's belly and carried to Nineveh by, the, the, by God's events, right, by God's own action, right. But if Jonah had have just skipped the disobedience, if Jonah had have just jumped right into that uh, armored, right, wearing the armor of righteousness, wearing the armor of faith state, right? That mustard seed of faith state, that state of righteousness. Jonah could have skipped the hardship. Jonah wouldn't have had to gone through getting thrown over the boat into the seas, right? Jonah wouldn't have had to survive three days in the belly of a whale or a fish, etc., etc., etc. Now, whether you believe that story is partially metaphorical or not that's up to you right but the trials the hardships you don't have to go through them as long as you're obeying god that doesn't mean there won't be some right trials and hardships walking in obedience to god but it means there'll be less of them right if you want to make your ways straight right make the way straight for the Lord God of all Israel, from the for the coming of the Lord, right? Obey God. Do what God's telling you. When God's telling you, hey, it's time to do something, lay down your life, take up your call, take up your cross, and follow the Lord God of Israel. <clears throat> God is leading you into places out of love. He's leading you to places that you will love. All you have to do is surrender that free will and go off and find it, right? Now, God has placed guideposts all throughout our lives. We have our passions. We have our dreams. We have people. And 
lo and behold, we have the prophets and God, right? So direction, right? It's not the hardest thing to figure out, right? God has shown you where to go. God will show you where to go, right? Your passions, what you were doing when you were younger, maybe around 13 to 15, something like that, what you were passionate about, what you loved doing, have has been there, right? Since you were very, very young, right? But here's the thing, right? We ourselves might try and take that free will back out of God's hands and say, oh, I, I don't know where I'm going. What, what do you mean you don't know where you're going? You have the Lord God of Israel with you. You have the one true living God with you. All you have to do is ask God and he'll tell you where you're meant to go. What do you mean you have no clue what you should be doing in your life? You have God with you. God has been directing you and shaping you since the day of your birth, since prior to the day of your birth. All you have to do is obey. <clears throat> Seek and you will find, right? This is what walking with God means, right? This is what faith means. You can skip the trials and the hardships. You can reach that point of prophethood, that point of exaltation, that point of righteousness very quickly if you choose to. But this involves surrendering your free will. It involves, right, when God says, hey, that's something sinful you're doing in your life. It's time to lay it down and put it behind you. It involves right then at that moment, not walking away, uh, away from Nineveh, away from the will of God, but surrendering right there, right then at that moment to the will of God and giving your life fully to the Lord God of Israel as an oblation, a holy habitation, a holy offering that will be accepted by God. But here's the thing, right? When Cain slew his brother Abel, right? When Cain murdered Abel, the first murder, right? It, it was, it came to pass because Cain's offering to God was rejected. Cain's offering, Cain, right? Obviously, you can uh, assume with a murderer, right? There is hatred in there, within them right? And Cain brought his offering to God, having all this hatred, having all this malice, having all this jealousy, having all this sin contained within him. And God says, hey, you know, you've got to take that offering that you're offering to me, and I want you to wash it white. I want you to wash it white as the snow. I want you to get all that sin, all that mud out of you, because in that state, in that muddy state, you're not going to be able to move. You're not going to be able to do everything that I'm going to need you to do. I can't. I won't use you like that. <clears throat> now, God in his grace, right? He uses us even while we're sinful. He loves us even while we're sinful, trying to lead us out of that sin, right? <clears throat> but sometimes, right, if you bring that offering to the Lord, hey, I'm doing this for you, Lord. Hey, I'm building you something, Lord, but you're not building it how God has instructed, right? What you see is the, the sinfulness brings about hardship to all the Israelites, right? Joshua set out to conquer the promised land as commanded by God. God says, hey, I'm going to be with you. You're going to go into this land against mighty warriors. You're going to go into this land against giants, 
You're going to go into this land against giants, and no problem, you're going to conquer every city. You're going to conquer the entire land. I've given you, Joshua. I've given you, Christian, the entire land. All you have to do is this. And God lays out rules at that point for Joshua. He says, take no gold or silver from them. Take none of their idols. For they're tainted. They're polluted. They're corrupted. And if you take that corruption in, if you take that sin in within your temple, well, your temple will be corrupted. God does not say that he is taking away our free will from us when we become Christians. Therefore, at that point, right, you can tell that even a Christian has the choice of free will to surrender that free will over to corruption, over to sinfulness, to choose sinfulness and become corrupt, become corrupted as one of the members of Joshua's tribe does, right? But also Christians have that free choice to sit at the right hand of God and receive the portion that God is leading them to. You see, Joshua, in the beginning, he went out time and time again, victory upon victory. The Lord led his servant from glory to glory until one day the men went out and they were defeated. And Joshua returned to his camp and said, why? Why have you done this, Lord? And God, God tells Joshua, you've broken my covenant. One among your rank has stolen the silver and the gold. One among your rank has laid down his righteousness for ball worship. You cannot worship at the foot of the golden calf and the foot of the Lord God of Israel. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve righteousness and the devil. You cannot serve God and Mammon, right? So you have to choose. Will you serve the one true living God of all Israel and receive that inheritance of righteousness, receive that state of going from glory to glory in your life? Or will you receive that defeat, that muddied life where you might feel like uh, a bowling ball going down an alley with bumpers as you are smashed into wall after wall with the Lord opposing you and abhorring you, right? It is, will you lay down your life and bring God his holy oblation, or will you be a life rejected? Will you be that life rejected of God, right? Now, here's the thing, right? God's forgiveness, God's love is vast. It's incredible, right? He's with us, walking with us, healing us and leading us and pointing us to Nineveh, right? He's pointing us to the right path. He says, hey, this is going to be hard. You might not want to do it, but this is where I, I, you have to go. You have to go in your life if you want to receive that exaltation, if you want to receive that happy life. I'm pointing you to Nineveh. God is pointing you the right direction. But here's the thing. Just like our free will, just like Jonah, we have the option to walk away from Nineveh to walk away from where God is pointing us into the trials, into the hardships, into the suffering of what Jonah went through, right? And so it's up to you to decide day in and day out what you will hold to, 
What will you do? Which path will you choose? Will you choose that path to your dreams? Will you choose that path to righteousness? Or will you choose that path to suffering and hardship? And you must choose. Even in activity, right? When we're choosing to uh, take a day off, when we're choosing to uh, drink for several days in a row, etc., right? That is a choice. When you're choosing to do nothing, well, God's covenant has requirements. So if you're choosing to do nothing, you're choosing to disobey God. Now, Christians, right, it is a balance. We're not always moving. We're not always working, right? It is a balance. You do get days off. Good news, right? And that balance, uh, it might take some time. It might be different for each individual, but God will get each individual, no matter what, there, each and every one who chooses to follow God over other things, right? To become that incorruptible Christian, to become that incorruptible state of righteousness where you say, no way, I know God has sent me to Nineveh. I'm not going the opposite direction away from Nineveh. I'm not going to travel away from my dreams. I know it sucks. It's hard. I'm going to hate it. There's going to be suffering. I'm going to have regret. I don't want to go that way away from the will of the Lord any longer. I want to walk as Adam and Eve did in the garden of Eden with the Lord God of Israel beside them. I want to go from glory to glory. I want to receive that destiny. I want to receive that righteous exaltation, that acceptance of the offering of God's holy oblation, of God's holy offering. I want to become what God wants for me. I want to go where God leads me. And when you reach that state, things will get a lot easier. Your life will start to change. The areas, right, when you apply God's covenant to an area of your life where there is suffering, there will be healing. Where you apply God's covenant to an area of your life where there is lacking or you feel like you could grow in it or there's insecurity, there will be, instead of insecurity, confidence will grow. A feeling of fulfillment, abundance, right? Thriving in God. Your life will flourish and grow into supra abundance, an abounding life. My cup overfloweth from the blessings of God. Abundance is mine. Abundance belongs to those wise individuals, those members of mankind, those wise members of mankind who will lay down their life, take up their cross, and follow the ways of God over their own ways. That is what God is offering, right? That is where God is leading you. And he is leading us to that place out of love, out of his own love right? God wants you, whoever you are. You could be the least of us, 
the greatest of us, the smartest or the dumbest. It doesn't matter. God has a purpose. God has a function. God has a course for each and every one of us to walk. God will use you in miraculous ways, whether you're the least or the greatest. That's who God is, right? If you look in the Bible, it's not the men of exceptional talent that were chosen. It was just righteous men, righteous people, people willing to lay down their life, people willing to surrender those other things, those sinful desires, those uh, idols, right? Surrender those idols, just men and women willing to surrender those idols for God. That's all it takes. That's all God's asking for. All right, I think that's a good place to end for the evening, guys. Don't ever forget how much God loves each and every one of you. God is always walking with us out of love, right? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you, right? Day in and day out, God is guiding you out of love into that state of righteousness, calling us, pointing the, pointing the, the way, leading the way for each of us to reach that state in our lives, but it's up to you, right, to follow God. Thanks so much for tuning in. Blessings on you all, and have a great rest of your evening.